and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. We really hope that you were able to listen to last week's episode, uh, What Real Support Sounds Like. And if you haven't, please do. We read and discussed dozens of supportive and caring comments posted on our Facebook community page in response to a post about a woman in the UK who was in a very dark and painful place. Today, you're going to hear from her and how watching messages of support pour in for her helped her through that dark night. This episode is about so many things. It's a reminder to everyone who rolls their eyes when they hear, if you're hurting, reach out. Because they think or know that no one in their inner circle cares or will be available or helpful. Because that night, Rosaline learned and showed us that true support, caring, and understanding can come from total strangers if they understand. And it's also a reminder to each of us that we don't have to know or do the perfect thing when someone's hurting. Validating, not fixing someone's pain is what helps. And that support can be communicated in surprisingly simple ways. It's also a good illustration of why, instead of regularly listing the signs of depression, we encourage people to look for and explore changes in someone's behavior, because this amazing story actually started with a complaint, and it could very easily have ended there, too. So here now is Rosaline giving her voice to depression. So this story begins with a podcast listener and Facebook community member contacting us to give what we'll just call a thumbs-down review of a podcast episode she just listened to. It featured an adult child who shared that being raised by a mother with a mental illness had led for a very unpredictable life that had been traumatic enough that the impact still affects her today. Rosaline, a mother with a mental health condition, did not appreciate that perspective. I think I was angry and probably totally overreacted because it hurt me. It did come over to me, but that probably was my frame of mind. You know, that's right. Just criticise the parents who've done their best. Mm -hmm. Of course, that affects your children. And sadly, it's only now that I realise probably how it's affected my daughter especially, I didn't want to hear that because it made me feel more of a failure. Now, feeling better, 
I can see exactly what you mean. Yes. A quick note. We are bringing up Rosaline's complaint for only one reason. As a reminder that not everyone's depression symptoms are withdrawal, sadness, and shutting down. Many experience negativity, aggression, and anger that are out of character or disproportionate to the triggering event. And if we react to the anger, we can miss the chance to support someone we care about who's hurting. Since we'd seen Rosaline's comments in our community for years, we knew her to be kind and supportive. So I asked her if she was okay. She was not. I felt totally and completely, I just felt empty. I felt every time I try and get back, I get hit again. And I remember I lay down in my room and it was totally silent. And I usually love silence, but I hated the silence. I lay there and I I remember thinking, please God, if it doesn't hurt, let me die. Let me not wake up. Sounds very dramatic, but that's exactly how I felt. And and I remember, I think I reached out to you. And I think you, you did ask me, could you help? And I think I wasn't very nice. I think I said no. At that point, nobody could help. Everything hurt. And yet I felt numb, if that makes any sense at all. It does. Hurting and numb, and believing that no one and no thing could help. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to those of us with depression. So I asked Rosaline if she'd like me to ask the community for support. She did initially say no. I replied that I would say the exact same thing if someone asked me when I'm in it, but that others have found comfort when we did it, so I said, what have you got to lose? With her permission, I made a post. In a stock photo of people's hands held together in the shape of a heart, I wrote, Rosaline, one of us, is not in a good place. Could you please join us in sending her support and love in hopes of shining a little light into her darkness? I lay there the whole night, and then at some point in the next, I don't know how long, I sat up and I picked up my phone, and there was all these beautiful messages heart support from people who'd never met me but who understood um could I can feel myself sort of filling up just now who understood what it was like to feel so alone and so in a way so misunderstood so accents are beautiful but they can also be difficult to understand and we want to make sure you do not miss any of Rosaline's reactions because they're pretty precious She said she did fall asleep that night, and she woke to dozens of personalized messages that made her feel both understood and not alone. And I remember I just sat there, and the pain was different then. There was a sort of healing. The pain was different. There was a sort of healing. I don't honestly know how I can describe the amount of love I felt surrounded by. My name was in the centre of a heart. (laughs) I stopped feeling like an individual in pain and felt that I belonged to a group of wonderful people who would understand what I was trying to say and how I felt. Uh, She stopped feeling like an individual in pain 
and felt instead like she belonged to a group of wonderful people who understood her. And among their pain and their problems, they had taken the time to care. And that meant the world to me. And that's why I really hate talking. But that was why I wanted to do this, because it made such an incredible difference. People believing in you. People saying, do you know what? We know how you feel, but it will get better. Again, if you want to hear the comments that people left for Rosaline, and please feel free to internalize them for yourself, check out last week's episode, number 277, What True Support Sounds Like. Of all the comments, Rosaline says that night the hugs that were sent had the biggest impact. People just saying, I'm sending hugs. That was probably one of the most beautiful comments. The number of people that sent hugs to someone they didn't know, but maybe to someone they understood. And that I will never forget. It just, I think it helped haul me out of this, I always describe it as this dark hole. And that night, that's what I felt. I was reaching the end of the, the bottom of this pit. I was never going to get out until with all the people that took time. I'll never maybe meet many of them, but I want to thank every single person who, despite their own problems, I'm sorry I'm quite emotional on this because it was so, so beautiful. I don't think in my life ever has anything made such an impact to me. Did you get that? She doesn't think anything in her life has made such an impact on her. And many of the comments were a few words, a heart emoji, or a virtual hug gif, all of which literally took seconds to send. I'm curious, you've mentioned the hugs twice, so that might be the answer, but were there any messages, and I'm asking this question because I'm wondering what is helpful to say. Were there any things that you remember reading that really resonated that were like, oh, that helps, that makes me feel better, that makes me feel understood, accepted, loved, whatever it might have been? Most of the messages were, I understand and I'm sending hugs. Mm -hmm. Or I've been there and I know what it's like and I'm thinking about you. That probably was the best message. It was that you're not alone. Because that Monday night, I felt totally alone. You know, maybe people do say it will get better. And they know from experience. And that's the difference when people suffer from this illness. They can say that to me because I know they understand. Mm -hmm. You know, there weren't many long posts. And that meant it made it even better. It was just short, beautiful words of comfort. I think that most people, when they think of trying to help or support somebody who is hurting, maybe overcomplicate it. They think, I don't know what to say. I wouldn't say the right thing. I don't, I don't have the right words. And I think there's something really important here that you're saying it was the short things. It was someone just saying, hey, I understand, and not telling you that what you're feeling is not real. That alone can be a healing and powerful message. That's what you're saying, correct? Yes, I think because if it had been long messages, 
I think I'd cried so much that <laughs> I probably would have skimmed through them, not because I didn't care, but I wasn't able. These were all mostly short messages just saying things like thinking of you. I understand I am sending healing hugs. I think probably that was the most wonderful thing. There was one that said, close your eyes after you read this and imagine the best hug you've ever had. And that's from me. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I loved it. It was beautiful. And I did, actually. Once I felt a bit better, I did lie back and close my eyes. And I did imagine myself surrounded by that hug and all the other beautiful, beautiful me. And if I was to say anything about the messages, the beauty in them was the simplicity. So it's not just that eloquent, insightful comments aren't necessary. Rosaline says in her condition that night, she wouldn't have even been able to take them in had she been able to read them through her tears. I hope all of the people they do hear this, I hope every one person knows how much those messages meant to me. Those red, green, whatever color of hearts. Those heart emojis that are pretty easy to send shifted her thinking. She says she was lying in bed telling herself she was worthless. And then... I then realized, do you know what? All these intelligent people and beautiful people aren't wrong. I must matter. So I started to change my way of thinking. Instead of lying there thinking, I don't want to wake up. I started to think, do you know what? I don't think I'm as useless as I thought. I must matter because these people have taken the time to reach out to me because they did help heal me that night. They, members of an online community, but virtual strangers on the internet, helped her heal that night. And this conversation with Rosaline was a while after that night. And that healing, that belief in her worth as a human, lasted. Rosaline knows her depression will likely overcome her again. But this time, she says she'll know she's not alone. What a gift to be able to give another person who's hurting. What a gift to be given ourselves. Because a few people who commented that night said that the support poured into Rosaline was filling them as well. One other aspect of it that I found fascinating reading through them all was one person wrote, I hope you know that I'm reading these messages to you, but they're actually helping me right now at this very moment. So it is because of you that I'm able to slow down my breathing, ease my mind, and feel less anxious. Thank you for helping me. And I thought, oh, it was true because reading through all those messages was also helping me. I was like, oh, this is nice to hear. This is nice to feel. And they weren't even directed. They were directed to you. I think it was one of the most unselfish things. And I think sometimes, and I found this with this group, sometimes when you read some of the posts and you realize, you know what, this person's in a worse position than we just now, a worse right. place. Right. By trying to reach out to them, it heals you. It does. It helps heal because also you don't feel alone. And that's one of the most valuable lessons we've learned from doing this podcast. Telling our stories, sharing, hey, I'm really struggling right now and could use some support. 
not only benefits us and our mental health, but it lets other people who are hurting know that it's okay to say that out loud to someone we trust. I know that Monday night, but I didn't want to live. I really didn't want to live. And now I can relive that night, but it doesn't hurt now because of the people that pulled me out. They reached out their hearts and their arms and their words. And they said, you know what? You're not alone. Yes, it's silent. It's dark. It's scary. But we are all here. And these are people that didn't even know me. I think that says a lot about the beauty of our world. Because that night I was looking at the ugliness. The world has got lots of problems. But it's a beautiful place. And it's a place that because of those many people, I want to live in. We want to repeat Rosaline's last comment. Although I can relive that night, it doesn't hurt now because of the people that pulled me out. They reached out with their hearts and their arms and their words, and they said, you know what? You're not alone. Yes, it's silent. It's dark. It's scary. But we are all here. And these are people that didn't even know me. I think that says a lot about the beauty of our world. Because that night, I was looking at the ugliness. No. The world has got lots of problems. But it's a beautiful place. And it's a place that because of those many people, I want to live in. So, Anita, this whole thing happened several months ago, and our turnaround isn't usually that long. And I've been, not berating myself, but wondering why it was taking me so long to turn this episode around. And I now wonder, when I hear her say that, you know, that the world has lots of problems, but it's a beautiful place, and because of the, you know, kindness of strangers, to use that phrase, she wants to live in it. And I wondered if now is the time this needs to be released into the mm-hmm. world because of all of the hate that we are seeing play out on our televisions every single night. And maybe we just need to be reminded that that, that collective power can come together in really positive and loving ways too. I completely agree. And, you know, I know that what we're we're hearing and we're seeing so much is is the negative. It is the hate. It is the bad stuff. But that's not the majority of what's actually going on in the in the world. And that's not the majority of people. So I think this is a great reminder, you know, that the average person is is caring, is capable of this incredible kindness, even to strangers. And let's talk about what kindness means here. Because, uh, you know, a heart emoji, a hug, gif. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I think most of us would not expect to have a deep and lasting impact on someone. Mm-hmm. And they did. They are. Right. Right. And maybe it, maybe one one person, one heart emoji wouldn't, but, but this was a lot. And this was, even though those are very simple gestures, they, they are literally heartfelt. And I think that's what Rosaline was basically saying. She felt it. She felt it, and it had powerful, powerful impact. So I think it's beautiful. 
Beautiful. Just a heart emoji. Right. <laughs> we can always remember. We can do the heart emoji. Right. Um, in, an, in another comment that she actually wrote, the way she described it was that her depression was telling her she didn't matter, that nobody cared, whether or not she existed. But mm-hmm. the depression lost its power because the people who messaged her told her a different story. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. We can tell someone a different story. We can tell ourselves a different story, too, if we're able. And that's one of my favorite pieces of advice we've gotten from a guest on this, is the idea of writing yourself in, in your own handwriting the things you know to be true about yourself when you're healthy and that mm-hmm. you are a good person and that you do have some worth in this world and that you are worthy whether or not you are making you know big waves in the world. And then you can pull that out and read it when you're really, really hurting and, and your own mm-hmm. mind and your own voice is, is contradicting what is in fact true. That's right. That's right. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of those self-affirmations. You know, reading positive affirmations can be helpful, but the ones that you know to be really true about yourself when you're in both your right mind, your right, you know, emotional space, I think those are very powerful. And I, I love, I love that that's a, that's a recommendation that you're making. It's really good. When you heard Rosaline mm-hmm. describing this night, what was going through your mind as a therapist? Uh, you know, I, I work with so many people who can identify with that. You know, we call them dark nights of the soul. Mm-hmm. And and you feel absolutely, completely alone. All of the things that normally would, would bring you some sense of light or, you know, joy or, or lift you up, it, it, they're completely absent. And, you know, her response initially with that complaint um, was hopelessness. You know, it came from hopelessness. Like, no, it's not going to help. And you you posted something that was really unhelpful to me and made my depression even worse, made me feel worse about myself. And um, I think that's just a very common place that depression can bring us to, is it's hopeless. Nobody cares. Nobody's ever going to care. It's never going to get better. All the All the typical lies. And it is amazing to me that she she heard you partly because of your persistence that, okay, go ahead, you know, still not believing it would be helpful. Oh, no. She said if I'd asked her if she wanted to drink arsenic, she might have said yes to stop the exchange, which made me feel kind of bad. But I wasn't trying to be pushy. I just was saying, hey, it's helped other people. It can't hurt. Should we try? Right. Well, and that's that's to me that loving, gentle, kind persistence, you know, where maybe we are making ourselves a little bit of a pest, but you know, again, looking back on it, that person will likely be thankful that you were maybe in the moment. It's a little irritating, but, you know, sometimes a little bit of that persistence is really good. But I just think it's amazing that she said, go ahead, still not believing it was going to do any good at all, which is, of course, where the depression was. Mm-hmm. And then just little by little. And because people did it in those, like she said, the short messages, yeah. the emojis, Nothing long that she had to try to consider or end up debating with herself about whether it could be true or not. Just, I love that simple, kind, short words. I've been there. You can do this. You're not alone. The heart emojis had such a powerful impact. And honestly, it's something for us to remember that no matter how bad you can be feeling, how dark the place is, if if you can just kind of weather it and wait for the little bits of light to start coming in, it's going to get better. And you don't even have to believe that it's going to. I think that's important. I can't have a person who's in a place of depression believe that it's going to get better. Mm. You can you can hope, 
maybe a little bit, you can say, well, you'll have to think that or believe that for me. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. But this is really just incredible evidence that bringing something positive, light, kind, hopeful, loving, caring, uh, worthiness, af- affirmations, all of these things that basically just kind of beat depression away, it actually works. It actually works. And the source matters so much because... Mm-hmm. It was because every one of those people was coming from a place of knowing and their own personal experience. Because if someone, I'll say on the outside, for lack of another term, if they say, you'll be fine, you know, it's not that different from Mm -hmm. what those posts were. But because those came from like, hey, you know, I have been in that pit and I'm, I'm letting you know that there are ways out, even though I know you can't hardly believe that right now. That is just so different. Even if it's mm-hmm. the same words, the fact that it is coming with intention and, you know, that, what's the phrase, um, experts by experience. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. It's coming from a place of knowing. Yeah. There's there's an element of trust there. Yes. And, and the ability to maybe let that in. Like, maybe I can consider it if you've had this experience. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can actually hope to believe this. So, yes, very, very powerful words, but coming from people with that personal experience, that lived experience, makes it even more powerful. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Rosaline. Thank you for Mm -hmm. um, reaching out in your own way, for saying yes when we asked if we could help. And thank you to everybody who posted. Mm -hmm. And I hope that the people in our Facebook community are listening and they know that they made a difference on that really, Mm -hmm. really dark night. And also, if you're not, and if you are on Facebook, I know all the different feelings people can have about Facebook. But if you're there, look for Giving Voice to Depression and join us. There's, you know, 12,000 plus people. And when we need to come together, obviously we do. Mm -hmm. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen 